Hello everyone, welcome to Ask a Therapist. This is Nikita and Zam, and we are two psychotherapists here to answer your questions about love, life, and health. You know, in our private practice, Nikita and I see couples, individuals, and families. However, we're so passionate about this particular podcast because we're trying to reach a greater number of people at the same time. We want to demystify therapy. We want to open the door to therapy for you and introduce you to our tools and techniques that you can actually apply in your real life. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Ask a Therapist. Today we're going to get a little bit juicy and you're going to hear both Nikita and I dissect and talk about the Netflix hit Indian matchmaking. When Zam and I saw this, we both felt so obligated to come on here and talk about this because as entertaining as this really was, this show did a really good job of highlighting you know, some of the most problematic narratives within the Indian, I guess, in the generally larger South Asian context. So we're very excited, like Sam said, to get juicy today and talk about some of our favorite characters, what we liked, what we didn't like, and there's a lot of that. Um, (laughs) And don't get us wrong, we, just like you, sat there with popcorn and chips and enjoyed watching Indian matchmaking. I think it was made really well. Um, I was really appreciative of how accurate it was. Um, you know, I really felt represented and I was almost surprised at how, represent, how much of a representation it was of brown culture. Um, at the same time, Nikita and I were waiting for the hype to die down a little bit and really reflect on our thoughts about mm-hmm. it in a more serious way because there is, you know, the entertainment element of it but it's also such a wonderful way to start dialogue and conversation. Absolutely. You did just do in my ideas and my takeaways from the show because they were right. There was so much hype about it and I needed some time to distance myself from that and, you know, truly remove my own opinion from the larger one. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, why don't we start with telling our listeners, our fave characters, who we were rooting for, and why. Why don't you get started? I think both you and I have the same favorite character, which is Nadia. Oh, I I love Nadia. (laughs) She's such a sweetheart. And you could see that she was just authentically genuine, and it was just coming through the screen. She's someone I would want as a friend. (laughs) I completely agree. Or planning your wedding. She was very sweet. And... I thought it was really great that they introduced that intersectionality of what it's like to be an Indian immigrant from the Caribbean Mm -hmm. and have that mix of two cultures and not really feel Indian enough sometimes, or maybe you feel Indian enough, but other people around you are hesitant to accept you as Indian enough. You know, I've had this happen to me, Nikita. I grew up in East Africa and that's where I've lived Mm -hmm. and, you know, four generations of East African and you know always surrounded by people who are from east africa funnily enough when i came here i met more people from india mm-hmm. than i met back home and you know it was always a challenge because i never felt indian enough yeah. um and it's funny because you have a completely different experience of your indian culture mm-hmm. that is sort of intermixed with all these other cultures and the the rest of the world has a different um, experience of Indian culture. So I'm really happy they had that character. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. It was, I think they could have drawn more attention to those two identities, but what we did get was enough to help a lot of people see things um, in a different light or to gain awareness of that. Because for a lot of people, you know, they may not share the same background as Nadia or as yourself, right? Because I, I myself don't, I'm very much, you know, born in India, living in Canada. It's very sort of clear that dichotomy. Um, so it's not as confusing, but I think it's interesting. You saw that overlap between her identity and yours. And you know what, as we're talking about this, something just occurred to me. I really wonder if they had someone who was maybe half Indian and half white, mm-hmm. if that person, man or woman, would have been approached completely differently than Nadia was approached, right? Because her Caribbean culture was seen as a liability. Yeah. Um, while I imagine if someone had, um, you know, Caucasian in them, they would have probably been more revered. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even the characters on the show that were lighter skinned were treated differently than the ones that weren't. So I can only imagine what that Caucasian identity would have done. Absolutely. Yeah. And the next one, Pradyuman. Um, what an interesting man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed watching him. He kind of piqued my interest because he really deviates from the status quo that you see among Indian men, mm-hmm. right? He's very creative. Yeah, creative really embraces those mm-hmm. elements of him, himself, mm-hmm. elements that can sometimes be seen as more quote-unquote feminine. Um, and he really owns them. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people seeing that quickly assume that he might have been gay. And we don't know that, but but yeah. Mm-hmm. I love his opening scene when he brings out that complicated looking beautiful drink um and I absolutely I love that I loved his like unabashed love for his for anything creative it did get a bit much in my opinion when you have your own face on your closet um, (laughs) on your tour (laughs) um but I think I agree with your assessment of of him I did enjoy I did enjoy watching him as well Mm -hmm. And the next one we have here is um, Yasser. What did you yes. think about Yasser? Oh, I absolutely loved him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wanted to give him a big hug every time <laughs> I saw him. But I think he's also another one of those really anomalies, right? He was so, yeah. so just loving and so genuine and so unabashedly himself on camera, which is, if you think about it, impossible, well, not impossible, but really, really difficult to do because you're so much burdened by how you're going to be perceived. And I absolutely, I admired how much he was himself in front yeah. of the screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he opened up about past trauma. Right. And I mean, everyone has trauma in their, some sort of trauma in their past and Mm -hmm. some more than others. But in South Asian culture, we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. These things are kept under wraps and he opened up about a very, very difficult past. Um, And, and you can really see how it's made him the person who he is today. I thought that was very brave. Absolutely. Although I, I thought he maybe shouldn't have worn chapels to his date, but that's just <laughs> me. When I saw the chapels, I was like, no, Yasser, it's so cute. 
<laughs> True. Yeah. But he's definitely someone I would see. I would want to have as a teacher. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he'd make it. I think his job as a as a as a student counselor is yeah. perfect for him. Yeah. Very fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Ankara, what did you think about her? I loved her. She was definitely the very definition of like the strong, independent, bold Indian woman. Um, I, again, another creative person, um, which I admire so much, especially in the South Asian community, because it's really off the beaten track Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be creative and to pursue any creative interests. So I absolutely loved her. I knew what I've heard since the show or her design business has absolutely boomed. That's awesome. Yeah, and she seems to be doing really well for herself. That's awesome. I think she set a really good example of being able to question the aunties in the community Mm -hmm. and how to go about doing that and showing other Indian women that it's okay to question when when people tell you things. Um, Because there's such a hierarchy in our community where the older you get, you know, you just you feel like you can say whatever you want to say and mm. you sort of um, can can control other people's lives and, and what mm-hmm. it should look like. And she did a wonderful job of just very politely and mm-hmm. very, you know, boundary setting. Absolutely. And I admired her, like you're saying, her ability to also say that it's okay to slow down and just take time for yourself. One of the reasons why Nikita and I wanted to talk about this is because we have so many clients, both male and female, who are currently going through the Rishta process. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Nikita, but most of my clients who are, all of my clients actually, who are going through the Rishta process right now, it's, it's a, such a challenging process, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just about you and a potential partner. There's, you know, family that gets involved, there's mm. cultural clashes, there's yeah. so many different things and it can be, it takes away from the experience of yeah. looking for someone and it becomes very, very stressful. Very stressful. There is so much pressure to find someone and the older you get, that pressure only grows because you become a little bit more comfortable in your way. So now this person has to fit into who you are and to your lifestyle. So it can be a very nerve-wracking process for sure. Yeah. But really, we wanted to talk about Indian matchmaking because, like I was saying earlier, as much as we enjoyed watching this show as therapists and as brown therapists, we felt just so compelled to analyze and deconstruct some of this narrative, this problematic narrative in the show. And, you know, if you've spoken to us before, we, you'll know that we really pride ourselves to be socially aware and social justice-oriented therapists. And I don't know about you, Zem, but I couldn't help feel guilty almost mm-hmm. a little bit um, of the space of the Indian culture. I am someone who does take a little bit more responsibility for my larger community. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a bit of my burden to carry, but what do you think of that? Did that come up for you? Were you almost felt embarrassed by some of this stuff? Definitely. I completely agree with you. And I, you know, it was interesting. It was watching, I was watching it with my husband. And <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it with my husband and he 
he had a very different experience of the show than I did because as a man, he hadn't heard a lot of these conversations. Mm-hmm. He was sort of removed from it. And as a, you know, he comes from a unique family that, you know, hasn't pressured him to get married. And, you know, he didn't have that experience mm-hmm. that most Indian kids growing up have. Um, so he was almost shocked that I had been a part of these conversations and I'd heard people talk in this way mm-hmm. and that were talked to this way because he hadn't heard it mm-hmm. before. And so it was really interesting to see that and it was interesting to educate him on it. But at the same time, I thought about other people from other cultures watching this show, maybe because of the hype around it on Instagram and misinterpreting it. And that's where the guilt set in for me because, because I thought to myself, well, this should, I shouldn't be afraid of other people misinterpreting this because this is reality, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so that made me kind of nervous where I felt that, okay, is this going to be another stereotype that exists mm-hmm. for us as an Indian community? Because as Indians, we know how to navigate these nuances, yeah. but how do you, now that it's on Netflix, which is amazing, but how do you explain to every other person with a different culture that, oh. that this isn't, it can be oppressive, but there's ways around it. Right. So this isn't. The entire story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, right, now more than ever, we do in some ways have the responsibility mm-hmm. to challenge and reshape these narratives. And we will talk about a lot of these problematic narratives like casual colorism, sexism, classism. Um, and hopefully as we have this conversation, we can help some of our listeners to think a little bit differently about these narratives as well and maybe see some parallels between the show and their personal lives Mm. and we're gonna start with what we enjoyed because like we said we really enjoyed (laughs) this show so hard i really enjoyed it um one of the things i really enjoyed it was the fact that it is contributing to the growing representation of south asian diaspora you know within mainstream media like Mm that Mm-hmm. Uh, this representation is growing every single day and mm-hmm. it's amazing we started off with superwoman and mindy kaling and now we're we have mm-hmm. a young girl from mississauga who has her own netflix show and we yeah. have you know south asian um matchmaking indian matchmaking which i think is is so different because it's based in india yeah right it wasn't filtered down it didn't have i mean Obviously, some parts of it had mm-hmm. um, the North American element to it, but it really mm-hmm. was based in India, and you know, um, it really showcased that part of it, which I enjoyed. A lot of the understanding of what arranged marriage looks like can be very traditional and stereotypical. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really great to see this modern take on arranged marriages, mm-hmm. you know. And I like how they had the older couples who had the more traditional um, arranged marriage next to the younger couples who were going through this more modern process. Mm -hmm. It really demystifies the matchmaking process. Mm -hmm. Um, It shows the evolution of the matchmaking process, which could have only evolved if young people like us were were forcing the narrative to change, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have some friends actually who are going through the, the matchmaking process themselves and to kind of see exactly what this modern arranged marriage setup looks like. It did make me feel a little bit hopeful 
mm. because there was a lot of freedom in decision making and there was a lot of um, encouragement as well and that's reassuring to see so I agree with you on that bit yeah, yeah. and it's it's become very close to dating right yeah. where there's romance as we saw there's heartache yeah. um, and it's it's dating but it's just mm-hmm. dating in a different way yeah it's auntie tinder <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um, yeah. I also really enjoyed being able to see the spectrum on which Indian people exist, right? Mm -hmm. We range so vastly um, in reality in terms of our subcultures, languages, ways of being, while in popular culture, we're narrowed down to very much our beloved Apu from Simpsons or Mm -hmm. um, the IT guy in very stereotypical roles. So I really appreciated that. And I also like that Indian women weren't shown as docile or submissive as popular culture may make them out to be. And again, Ankita is a great example of that. Someone who's strong-headed and knows what she wants. So this was a very refreshing take on brown people. Yeah, absolutely. And it gave, you know, we talked about Nadia earlier, it gave people who tend to be often marginalized in Indian American um, culture some, some room. You know, some representation, you know, Guyanese woman, a divorced single mother using Tinder. Mm-hmm. These are all stories that happen, but we don't get to hear about them because they're so out of status quo. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved hearing about those stories. And I love the fact that I forget her name, but like she found a match for herself on Tinder. I thought that was amazing. Rupam. Rupam, exactly. Rupam, yeah. 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 Oh, my heart really went out to her. I thought she was was a great person. And the other part of the show that we really enjoyed was Akshay's mom. Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) And as much as we all enjoyed the theatrics, in all honesty, Akshay's mother really exemplifies what the pressure is really like to get married, right? And that did seem like a very toxic um, relationship and a very toxic type of pressure. but just that those blatant absurdities and blaming him a lot for her high blood pressure and for her misery as again theatrical as that was they are real parts of most indians lives right and i think it also comes down to the fact that indian parents more often see more often than not see their kids as an extension of themselves so involvement in every decision is fraught with over emotionally and that's something that was shown very perfectly on the show. Agreed. I wish Akshay's mom was satire or over-exaggeration or a character, mm-hmm. but, but this happens. He, yeah. We all know moms like that, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think Seema too. Like I thought Seema was pretty honest and authentic as well. Mm-hmm. She was as cliched as matchmakers get. Mm-hmm. Um, she she would call you out, say, you know, you're not going to get everything that you want. You'll have to mm-hmm. adjust. The, her customer is always right attitude, trying to appease the mom, mm-hmm. um, who she knows hold the power of not only the purse strings, but also over their children's social lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I liked how she was, she didn't try to filter herself, right? Mm-hmm. She 
again, those blatant absurdities, those things that we're used to, we saw them on the screen. It was yeah. with daily life. She didn't try yeah. to try to dilute her personality or the process for our North American eyes. Um, and also, it was so interesting that everyone called her sea monkey mm-hmm. because that we're used to as well right every older woman is an auntie every older man is an uncle it's rude to to say otherwise mm-hmm. um, and it reinforced the idea that you know, this process of matchmaking is a way to for community elders to enforce you know cultural norms on their children um this is the way the traditions and the cultural norms get passed down yeah. from generation to generation and akshay and akshay's mom's relationship was a perfect mm-hmm. that. um he didn't stand a chance <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah this show also you know brought back the idea that marriage is a serious lifelong commitment mm-hmm. um that is perfectly entangling not just two people but two entire families mm-hmm. and so it's not about a trend it's actually about the wedding and this was a, a good insight into that traditional indian culture right to see to find compatibility not just between two people but to to families to ways of living and to communities almost to many communities absolutely i think as as in our culture we do weddings so big yeah and it, you know the focus for years becomes as you know you're an engaged couple becomes about the wedding and you know, I experienced this being engaged that a lot of people have a lot of advice to give you about the wedding, yeah. but not a lot of advice to give you about the marriage. Yeah. It's almost forgotten that there's a whole entire marriage that happens yeah. after the wedding. Um, and, and like you said, this is a good example of that, that it's not just about the wedding. Yeah. It's about the marriage. It's about the marriage, but the lifelong commitment that you're about to make. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that scene my <laughs> "Quote unquote life coach." Yeah, admit she was a therapist, and I know when Pradyuman went to see her for the first time, and he came out of there, he was like, "Wow, I feel so great!" And I, I literally screamed at (laughs) you, and I was like, "Because she's a therapist, you just went to therapy. That's why you feel great." Um, I mean, as ridiculous as it was to use like face readers and all of that, I'm so Mm -hmm. happy she was a life coach. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I really like that title, Life Coach, because mm-hmm. she seems to fit very well into a culture that is not very open to therapy. And it was destigmatizing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was, here's this person who's a coach in helping you navigate problems in life, which is what a therapist is. But when you remove that label, it is absolutely destigmatizing. So I agree with you. I like that. And, you know, for anyone out there who's thinking about accessing therapy, if you want to call us your life coaches, we're more than happy to be your life. If you more want than happy. <laughs> career therapists, career coaches, we're more than happy. It's, yeah. We just get someone to help you Absolutely. manage your problems. Right? And I really hope that seeing that happen for Pradiman in action yes. helps reshape a lot of opinions around therapy or speaking to an outsider to get some help. I thought that was a really powerful bit. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, it's so wonderfully portrayed how difficult it is to be a millennial and an immigrant in North Mm -hmm. America. 
you know, you try so hard to hold on to your cultural values, your family values. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're trying to navigate being more modern and more progressive in your outlook. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're trying to acculturate and assimilate to your new environment. And this dissonance really causes a lot of anxiety. And that's why at Suchian, we emphasize the fact that we are culturally competent therapists and that we bring culture into the therapy room because there is no way that you can separate those two things. Absolutely. Uh, And nearly all of our clients are dealing with this dissonance, trying to navigate what it means Mm -hmm. to hold those two spaces at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. And it's it's an ongoing process. Yeah. And, you know, not just the holding space for the South Asian culture or the Canadian culture. We have um, clients who belong to several different minority cultures. But everyone's struggle is almost the same, isn't it? Absolutely. Everyone struggles almost the same. And, and I think it's really helpful to have someone who understands. Definitely. I agree. Hmm. So those are the things that we enjoyed um, while, while we're watching Indian matchmaking. So this was part one of Brown Therapists Talking Indian Matchmaking. And we'll be back next week where we actually now deep dive into some of the things that we didn't enjoy seeing not just in the show but also in the larger context of the Indian culture so we'll be talking about these narratives of casteism sexism colorism and that the blame and shame and guilt that is present in like toxic relationships within the home and if you have any questions in particular about covering the problematic narratives next time definitely get in touch with us and we'd be happy to cover your questions or suggestions absolutely and if that's something and there's something about indian matchmaking that you like tell us as well i personally am hoping for a season two yeah yeah i agree all right have a good one everyone take care That brings us to the end of today's episode of Ask a Therapist. Thank you so much for spending time with us. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review down below. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please send us an email. The address is in the description box below and include podcast in the subject line. You can choose to remain anonymous. Thanks, everyone.